Let's get hyped. Welcome into the Husker Hypecast. We are back. Michael Brunt, so happy about his Austin Allen touchdown. He is skipping this week's Hypecast. But to make up for it, I went and found my radio co-host, Connor Happer, who is the Hypecast special guest for the Minnesota Week. He'll join Brian Christofferson and myself. Happer, how's it going? Bonus, let's get hype. I'm good. Yeah. On a, on a level from one to hyped, how are you about this game right now on a, as, as you prepare for it? Uh, definitely not as hyped as last week, um, but it's, it's, it's interesting. That's for sure. I think coming off of, off of another emotional roller coaster game, um, you know, and then you gotta, yeah, circle the wagons for one more week before the bye. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of interesting pieces to this game that could lead to very, interesting things happening on the field so I'm, I'm ready to talk about it before we dive into the offense or the defense I'm just going to throw this out at both of you and just kind of your general thoughts is it better for Nebraska that they're getting Minnesota this weekend instead of Purdue because it's easier for them to maybe keep a high level of interest uh and it wouldn't wane as much coming off of sort of the emotionally charged game against Michigan because you have lost two straight to to Minnesota and they're expected to be a little bit better than Purdue or do you think I'm just kind of reaching on that one maybe I think that I don't know I don't maybe Minnesota is a little bit more of like a get up for this game especially considering kind of what happened what's happened over the last two years maybe there might be something to that I didn't really think about it that way though yeah I have yeah I think you're reaching um (laughs) I wanted someone to say that Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll ask Connor if he thinks the Minnesota spirit can match the uh, Michigan spirit, as uh, Kirk Herbstreit likes to say. Unlikely, Brian. Unlikely. With that Michigan spirit is uh, is apparently second to none, and and provided the difference in the game for the Wolverines. So there you go. Real quick, don't you think a little much was made of the fact that Michigan jumped up and down at Wisconsin? I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen other teams do that. Uh, and, and then, the, of course, it was kind of contrived this last weekend where it's like, oh, we're going to get involved, too, with this light show thing. It's just like, all right, come on. There, there are people convinced that that, like, reverse that, – that that lost Nebraska in the game. Like, they were jumping around and they were excited because it was the light show. I'm like, well, Nebraska had all the momentum in the game and, you know, they got to jump around, too. Yeah, definitely way too much has been made of that. I if thought there was going to be a sentence, if you're starting a sentence was was a little too much made and then then in Michigan football is involved in it the answer <laughs> is always 100% yes they're the most over discussed over hyped program ever in the history of the sport they have very little to show for all of their wonderful wins over club football teams in the late 1800s and early 1900s they're very fine but I never will I, I will never get tired of mocking them. I really won't ever. I don't Great care fi- how many times they win. Great fight song, but it is correct that if they did not split in 97 with Nebraska, you'd have to go back to 1948 to find their last national title. I will say that part. Um, I did think there was going to be a dance off between Michigan and Nebraska at, at midfield uh, before the fourth quarter. Guys were creeping out there. They were, they, it looked like there was some, some locked eyes between sidelines. I'm not sure, you know, if they just ultimately decided to, to say no or what happened. It did look that way, though. 
Who is Nebraska sending out as a dance-off tribute in that game? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I was. It, I was trying to think of like a dance movie. Wasn't there like a movie called Stomp the Yard or something with like? There was a hundred percent a movie called Stomp the Yard. <laughs> What's that? Like, that about, about Damian Daniels? I bet Damian Daniels would like. He goes up out to midfield and just like does the splits or something, and the crowd just loses it. Yeah. yeah, that that could have been that that could have been good. I this feels like the sort of question that needs to replace what football players get asked all the time of like who the starting five on their current roster would be if it was a basketball game. It needs to be who are you going to submit for a dance off? I don't know why, but Damian Daniels feels like a big guy who can who can move a little bit to me. Do you think he did the worm at some point? Yeah, yes, I could definitely see that happen. All this is doing is making me think about how when Brendan Stye, former Nebraska lineman Brendan Stye, before he, he really got into football in the uh, the mid to late 80s, he was a break dancer out in California because that was the scene at the time. I'm not thinking <laughs> we can discuss this with him sometime. He talked about how he used to walk around with like cardboard with him at all times because you never knew when you were going to be in a dance off and you want to have that as like sort of a the surface for him to be able to use for some of his moves. Again, not making this up. This is a real story about a real <laughs> NFL player who was very good and also like a giant. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they have one of those on their team, but you never know the history that these guys are carrying with them. It's At least a di- prepared. It's a different hype cast so, so far, but I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll move off the break dancing. We will dive into a little Nebraska, Minnesota. All right, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, and we will start, as we often do, with Adrian Martinez. So, Connor Happer, what just kind of size up how you feel like Adrian has played in, in 2021. You can use all of the games. You don't have to admit any of the games. You can use all of them. Um, and how you feel like he's played this year, and if you feel like there's been any kind of difference between him and the start of the season – versus what Nebraska's gotten over the last four weeks when the schedule definitely has gone off. Yeah, no, I, he's been, I mean, he's been great. I, I don't worry about him. Like if that was any other guy, maybe you, you'd worry about him from like a confidence standpoint. Uh, but he's, he's been through enough in his career where, you know, he, he fumbles a football and loses the game against Michigan. And, you know, he, he's, he's been through enough to where he's, he's kind of seen stuff like that. So he had a great game against Michigan and I mean, he threw for 291 yards and three touchdowns. He threw the one pick that bounced off of me. And then, you know, is an important piece of their running game as well. And he's been like, he's been generally, I'm just looking at the stats right now. Um, his last four games rushing 34, 59, 50 and 38. Like those are, that's kind of where you want to have them. Um, as far as the like the numbers are concerned, it, it kind of means Nebraska's gotten a little bit of a, a conventional run game going, which is good. Um, but I, I I don't think that I've ever felt better about him in his career, just the way he's he's playing right now. I have all the confidence in the world in him. Definitely was there was a moment of like I'm not sure against against Illinois. Um, but I mean, really after Fordham and Buffalo and then going down and proving it against Oklahoma. I, I, I've been pretty steady on him for, for that amount of time. And they, they need every bit of him that they can get. 
BC, you, you kind of alluded to, to some of this on the regular podcast earlier in the week, but Nebraska, since that Oklahoma game, 20 points against Michigan State, 56 points against Northwestern, 29 points against maybe the best defense on their schedule in, in one half against Michigan. Do you, do you feel better about this offense right now than maybe where you were at at other points this season and, and why, like what, what do you think has maybe changed for this group? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I feel like the last two games, um, I said this on Tuesday, but I feel like Frost and Lubick have their, their play calling has been the most on point. It feels like that it's been since they've been together um, definitely against Northwestern. And then I think you saw in the second half, they really had uh Michigan was sort of spinning its tires I feel like on defense for a few drives there and you know the clever stuff like the play to Levi Falk for the touchdown I love how they're they've sort of have a base now of plays that they can rely on and after you actually get a base set then you can throw in your wrinkles to that like you can throw in uh, oh here's a curveball off of that item that we've been using like uh, on the Falk touchdown that looked like an option type play that Nebraska's run before and they're like oh here you go uh we're we're throwing something different at you you can't do that stuff unless you have something already established and that's been the problem in like last year and the year before that is you felt like what do they hang their hat on and now I think you could find two or three things where you say yeah that that's a staple and that's become something and the triple option is one of those things and uh, that's, that's been of, of, of great use. I think the O-line has stepped it up, um, you know, with I think Nuri at left guard uh, filled a hole that was huge on that line, and he's got to keep it up. And now Ben Hart, Ben Hart's got to be the man this week. Like Ben Hart, he's back at right tackle. He's going against his home state school. This is where he needs to take off and be that guy who is just a – a force and a mountain of a guy who, who doesn't, doesn't give anything easily. He had a bad game against Minnesota last year too. So he should have a lot. I mean, there should be a lot of fuel inside of him for this one. Yeah. And, and BC kind of hit on Apper, but I was going to go to the offensive line here. They coming off of a poor performance against Michigan state. They obviously played well against Northwestern. And then getting a defensive line as good as, as Michigan's or a defensive front as good as Michigan and having to switch inside the game for someone like Turner Corcoran, how do you feel like they played? But also, what do you kind of make of the next challenge for this group going forward? Because once again, you're kind of sliding different pieces in and out. Well, I think there's there's limits to it for sure. Um, you know, they're still, they're still young and it's still going to take them time to get comfortable. But the thing that I like most about what they've done over the last couple of weeks, and I've been talking about this all year, they, they've found workable ways to kind of maneuver through their issues. Um, one, one thing that we've talked about for a long time around here um, that's actually good this year is Nebraska's screen game. I think they've done a nice job. It seems like the timing's there. They've hit a couple big ones. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you'd call that um, the one that they dialed up there in the first quarter and the big play to Ramir, I guess it, it was a screen. Is that one screen? Yeah, so that, that went 40 yards. So um, they've been much better at that this year. I think they've they've found kind of workable ways that they can get through, and they're 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 scheming up some good stuff. And then 
if you have opponents like BC was saying on their heels with the, with the offshoots, you know, with the curveballs, then that's going to help out the offensive line be like, you know, conventionally better. So, um, you know, ever all the, the, the rising tide, I guess, lifts all ships. And, and I think the, the young offensive line with a little bit of changes is, is going up with that. All right, let's dive over to the defensive side of the ball. Not their best game against Michigan, but they played well in spurts, and they were on the field a long time. 81 plays for Michigan in that contest. I think they ran for 204 yards, and, and Cade McNamara was able to, to hit on a, on a few big passes throughout the night. But largely, Nebraska seemed like they held things in check up until that fourth quarter. We'll go back to Connor Happer on this one. Nebraska's in their eighth straight game. One of the conversations coming out of Monday was how have they been able to kind of take care of their bodies? Where are they at physically? What have you kind of heard? And, and what level of concern do you have about a team that is getting another physical opponent on Saturday? Another one that doesn't really, they don't hide the fact that they want to go through you, whether it's through the air or whether it's through the ground. And, and where are you at with, with how Nebraska is holding up at this point in time? Well, I think Injury-wise, they seem to still be in pretty good shape. You, you never want to lose a guy like Prohaska who's playing the way he was. Um, but, you know, you can have the easy fallback option of just go, reverting back to what you were before, and that seemed to be okay against Michigan. Um, and then, you know, the, the season-long stuff, Fedoni's on his way back. We won't see him for a couple more weeks still. But um, injury-wise, it feels like they're doing fine. You worry about the bumps and bruises coming off of not only a grueling stretch, but against a really, really physical team in a, in a, you know, 60 minute battle um, like it was against Michigan on Saturday night. I think they said all the right things um, this week. And um, you know, you want to do everything you can to, to not like, I don't want to hear so much of we got one more week in, until, until a break. Cause then you kind of bring the, you bring the picture into focus. You get the senioritis a little bit. I, and I don't think Nebraska wants to do that because um, it'll be a little bit of a, you know, a sleepy start, I think, on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on the road. They're coming off a bye. They'll come out with a new kind of rejuvenated attitude. So I'm, I'm a little on edge about that and, and where they're kind of at mentally with one week to go before a bye. But I still think they're good enough to, you know, uh, take it to them if it's all kind of mentally there but I'm definitely watching for that one on Saturday BC Quentin Newsom picked up a black shirt here this week it was announced discussed as well and Cam Taylor Britt's coming off of maybe his best performance of the season as Michigan challenged him several times down the field and he walked away with three pass breakups including one in the end zone where he prevented a touchdown have we not do, do you feel like the the cornerbacks I guess let me rephrase that you feel like the cornerback play has flown a little bit under the radar uh, relative to what Quentin Newsom and, and Cam Taylor Britt have done each week. Uh, because I guess as I sort of look back at it now, not a lot of teams have been able to attack Nebraska vertically a whole lot this year. Yeah, they've been pretty good. Um, I think Quentin has, it, it's probably eased Husker fans minds, not just for this season, but as you think about the future, at that position there there's some good things happening like Quinton has become a guy you feel like can lock down good receivers he's now had the the good thing about going against a tough schedule is for the guys who come back next year against maybe a slightly easier slate 
they've been through this. Like Quentin Newsom has lined up against OU wide receivers, Michigan wide receivers. I mean, he's seen everybody that's good at this point and he hasn't backed down. Yes. He's made mistakes here and there, but I think he's come along as sort of being a physical guy who can tackle in space. And he's going to need to do that on Saturday because there will be times uh, when Minnesota will get that thing on the perimeter and he's going to have to, he's going to have to show he can shut a play down. Cam Taylor Britt, I think Travis Fisher said as much on Tuesday that Cam had all this hype going into the season and I think really wanted to live up to it so bad that you're almost like overextending sometimes, you know, where you're trying to make that big play every time. And because of that, he wasn't playing as well as he could have. That was by far his best game of the season against Michigan. He did get beat one time where they got away with it, but you you brought up a couple plays he had, which if you don't have a great corner on those ones, those are, you know, 60 yard touchdowns against you. And, and he was there. So I think they're coming around and I think the future is bright there. Even if Cam Taylor moves on, um, I think Braxton Clark's a good player. And I think Marquise Buford's going to be uh, somebody that's going to have a lot to say here in the next year or so. We'll finish up with defense with this, Connor. Minnesota is now to their third string running back. Chris Autumn Bell hasn't completely taken the baton from, from a Rashad Bateman. Where, where are you, and then Tanner Morgan has struggled this year. Where are you most concerned about Minnesota as it relates to their offense going into this game? Like what, what is your biggest concern, I guess, uh, as it relates to that team? Well, it, it's, a, it's a team that, that wants to run the ball um, and that is going to force, you know, even if they can't run the ball, they're going to force feed themselves to be able to run the ball. Um, and they, you know, they had their, their next running back is Marquise Irving. Um, they had a, they had a funny nickname. I was looking at some stuff here. They, they had a funny nickname, a Bucky is what they call him. So Bucky Irving is going to be their running back. And um, we'll see a lot of him on, on Saturday and, they, they're going to just continue to kind of do what they do. And hopefully, you know, they hope that their running backs kind of pull along the way, but Morgan has been, you know, I mean, he's, that's a guy who was up near what 65 or 70% completion percentage a couple of years yeah. ago on their great season. And, and he's at 52.2 going into Saturday. Um, so four touchdowns, two picks, they, they haven't got anything done. They haven't been able to help out their run game at all in the past game. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, big picture um, issue right now. They're not doing anything that's working off of, um, you know, the other stuff that they're doing and it's scoring the football. So with that said, they get, they got out of there with a win against Purdue somehow, when you kind of look at that box score, it's, it's kind of lopsided with what, what Purdue was doing. Um, and, you know, you, you keep below, you keep Minnesota below, um, you know, 20 points, you, you pro and that should be doable. Nebraska probably feels pretty good about themselves. All right. It is time for oddly specific predictions. Happer knows what he's doing. He did this for the first time last year, and he almost correctly guessed that Gus Johnson would mispronounce Travis Vokalek's name. He slowed himself down, and he got it right at a critical moment in Nebraska versus Ohio State. But I know Happer was listening very closely last year. He paused. He said, "He, I, I don't know why that, that came up as an oddly specific prediction, but it was his first catch, and he said, Travis Vokalek, and he, and he nailed it. So, so kudos to Gus. 
nice job, but my oddly specific prediction was wrong. I'll try again this time. All right. Well, you get your opportunity, and we're going to give it to you right off the bat. Connor Happer, what is going to happen on Saturday? All right. So um, the thing about Minnesota is they have done a pretty good job on special teams and field position uh, this year. Their punt return defense is – 13th in the country, uh, first in the conference. They only give up 2.7 yards per return. Nebraska, as well documented, um, <laughs> is not great at punt returning. They average, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if this has been like, you know, on what you guys have written or whatever. Um, Nebraska averages 1.14 yards per return on punts just over one yard that somehow is not last in the country. There is one team, Eastern Michigan, who has negative four total punt return yards on the entire season, which I think is hilarious. So they're dead last in the country. Um, With that being said, I'm going way out on a limb. And I will say this, not that Nebraska is going to take back a punt or anything like that, but that very specifically, Oliver Martin will catch a ball, not fair catch it and he will run forward for 16 yards on a punt return in the second quarter okay i love it i love when people get very specific all right brian follow that up jacques yant is going to score a touchdown i i don't i still think ramirez the man and i think jacques showed um a little bit why he's not quite (laughs) in the you know, always the guy, he ran the wrong way on a second and one. And there's some pass pro stuff that needs a little fixing um, there. So people need to understand that part, but I think he's going to get the ball a little bit more this week and he's going to run tough and he's going to have an 11 yard touchdown. It's going to be one of those TDs where it looks like the back stopped on about the three or four, but he keeps the legs churning and he sort of gets turned around and fall and like runs back, like backward into the end zone. Like he falls back into the end zone and it's a real determined run and everybody's slapping him on the helmet. 11 yard touchdown run. Jack was All right. Uh, I have Nebraska scoring their first defensive touchdown of the year occurring on Saturday. Minnesota will be trailing in the second half. They'll be looking to get back into this game Garrett Nelson's going to come around the edge. It'll be a strip sack that'll be recovered by, let's say, let's say Ty Robinson recovers it, rumbles home 22 yards, scores, puts Nebraska up by a much larger margin than I think either of you will predict for Nebraska to win on Saturday. All right, picks to click. We'll just go same order, Connor Happer. I think it's a wide receiver. Um, Minnesota's struggled with uh, a few of those guys this year. Um, their past defense, not exactly great. It's difficult to run on them, but I think um, this is a Samari Toure game for me. Uh, he gets. Are you calling points. Minnesota's defense an FCS defense? Uh, no, I didn't say that, but they they haven't been great this year. So I'm saying a wide receiver gets loose. I think Bell had 120 last week against him. That's that's David Bell. He's a pretty good player. Um, but I think Samari Toure has a big game on Saturday. You see. Uh, I am going to say that Xavier Betts, uh, everybody is all about Xavier. It feels like a lot of conversations come back to him. 
you know, either excited or why is he not out there or this to that. Um, I think he's going to make a big play in this game. I don't think he's going to be like all over the place, not like a seven or eight catch game, but I think he's going to have four or five catches and one of them is going to be a, a bit, it's going to be an explosive, like a, a 50 yard type play uh, that they need. And so I'll say Xavier Betts. I, uh, I like to imagine someone listening to this is on their like morning commute on Friday and they just heard you say Xavier Betts and they did the thing where they yell at their radio and it went something like, it's hard to click when you're on the bench, Brian. <laughs> well, I mean, Xavier did drop an option pitch at a pretty bad time uh, this past week, but yeah, I, I, I get it. They said he was nicked up. I don't know. Uh, that was the talk Tuesday that he was nicked up a little. You can do what you want with that information. I'm just passing it on. I'm the pigeon that's carrying it to you. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I think the staff likes Xavier a lot. And I think it's, we've seen, he can, uh, he can turn a game on a player or two. And I think he'll do that. All right, I'm going to go with Nick Henrich. This is the kind of game where he just piles up a bunch of tackles. He played really well against Minnesota last year, and I think he's going to have another big game, double-digit tackles for him. I, I actually expect Nebraska to be in Minnesota's backfield a little bit. I, I'm not – their offensive line, they had a guy just enter the transfer portal earlier this week. Their offensive line is a little bit in flux, and it hasn't been all that good so far this year uh, either. So I, I think that Nick Henrich – and Nebraska's linebackers are going to play pretty well, but I think they'll have the best game of that second unit. All right, score prediction time. Uh, I I can I can change up the order, or we can go in the same one. What do you guys want to do? Whatever you guys think. I, I I'll, I'm the guest. I could go first, right? All right, yeah, you go. All right. Uh, I think, like I said, I, maybe it's a little bit of a slow start, um, but I don't think Minnesota's offense has enough. Nebraska's defense is is also pretty good, um, and then they. You know, it, late in the in the third and fourth quarter, Nebraska gets things going offensively. I, I think Nebraska wins twenty six to fourteen. All right, BC. Safer knows I'm pretty concerned about this game for Nebraska. Um, when we were walking out of the stadium last Saturday, I said that's the type of game they lose. You know, like this game, like, and I that's really in my head this week. I'm not going to pick Minnesota. But I do think um, – I think Nebraska's middle linebackers in particular, I'm going to single them out. They need to be on point in this game because you know what? Think about two years ago. Do you remember when P.J. Fleck came out after? He's oh, like, yeah. We just, we, I mean, he flat out said it. We just like, we just wanted to you know, get them moving east-west. We knew they'd get out of position. They wouldn't hit their fits. And uh, sure enough, he was right. Um, so Nebraska needs to show it's a different story now because I think Fleck will challenge that and Nick Henrich and Luke Grimer and those guys have to step up. I, I think it's going to be a tussle. I think it's going to be an anxious moment, but I I'll say Nebraska 27, Minnesota 19, um, in a, in a hard fought game, but I don't care how they win. They just got to win somehow. I, I feel like I'm either going to be, really right on this or just completely horribly wrong and i've gone back and forth and now having talked through it again i just like nebraska in this game a lot i don't know maybe their offense will be a little bit slow starting but i think their defense is too much for minnesota 
Uh, I'm going to go Nebraska 32, Minnesota 13. Ooh. Why or how they get 32, I don't know. But why or how Michigan got 32, I don't understand either. 32 is the number. Nebraska 32, Minnesota 13. That's what I'm going with. Connor Happer, any closing thoughts? No, we, we, we're kind of all on different levels of skepticism here. Uh, go, this is this will be an interesting week, that's for sure. I, I am flying dangerously close to the Connor Happer level of optimism about Nebraska right now. Yeah. And that's not usually a good sign. But I just – I think they're playing pretty good, and I don't think Minnesota is very good. And this is, a, this is another opportunity for them to smack somebody, and maybe they do it. You could also say with Nebraska football, I could see your prediction and sort of there's an all or nothing quality to Nebraska football where I I think they're either on and it's click and they're playing with the same intensity they played Saturday night against a lesser foe. And if they do that, it'll translate, but they cannot fall behind like seven or 10, nothing in this game because Minnesota, the one thing they'll do, they will work that clock. Like, I mean, like nobody's business and, you got to play from ahead. They need that. They need to jump on them early. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I wanted to put more points on Nebraska's side. I got too scared to do it. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. That's the Husker Hypecast. We will be back. Not next week. We will not have a Hypecast for a bye week It was, uh, it was under consideration at one point in time, but we have decided there's just no reason for it. So we will come back for the Purdue game and we'll discuss things there. But of course we'll just have a regular Husker 24 seven podcast. And be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of content every day. You can find it there. We will catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.